What's good everyone and welcome to another post-game report here on the Witty City Hoops podcast. I'm your host Chris Rouse coming to you from the 10616 Production Studios in my hometown of Chicago, Illinois. Just getting back from tonight's Big East matchup between the DePaul Blue Demons and the Xavier Musketeers. The DePaul Blue Demons came in with a record of 13-9, and 1-8 and eight in conference, trying to snap their second four-game losing streak of the season, taking on a Xavier team that came in riding a little bit high with a record of 14-8, and 3-6 and six in conference, came in riding high following a win on Saturday against then number 10 Seton Hall, now number 12 because Xavier beat them in that game on Saturday. This game, tonight's game, pretty similar to the game that Xavier had against Seton Hall on Saturday. But before we get more into that, you can follow the Windy City Hoops podcast on multiple platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more, where you can watch the feed and be up to date on all the all the post-game reports and all the full episodes. Remember, tomorrow being Wednesday, we will have a full Windy City Hoops podcast episode and we already got a trade to talk about, but I'll talk about that tomorrow. And that will be Windy City Hoops Podcast, full episode, episode 18 tomorrow, being Wednesday, February the 5th, by the time you guys hear this. And then we'll have that podcast up tomorrow. But tonight, it's all about college hoops. Xavier taking on DePaul at the Wintrust Arena. And uh, I mentioned how Xavier played a game, a game against Seton Hall where they won on Saturday. Tonight's game very similar to the way that game started. In that game for Xavier, Seton Hall had an early 2-0 lead tonight. DePaul had an early 6-3 lead. DePaul led 6-3 in the first 100 seconds. In that game, Xavier had a major run. They ended up being up 30-6 in the first half against Seton Hall. And in tonight's game, wasn't as bad as that for DePaul, it was, as the game against Seton Hall for DePaul. They, DePaul, they being DePaul, got down 35-16. And also in that game for Seton Hall, against Seton Hall for Xavier, Seton Hall had a 17-5 run that ended the first half, got it down to 35-23. Tonight's game for DePaul, DePaul had a run in, to start the second half. Seton Hall's run bridged the end of the first half to the second half tonight. DePaul's run was in the second half, had an 8-0 run to start the second half. But uh, tonight just wasn't enough for DePaul as the Xavier Musketeers ended up winning 67-59. to And... As I mentioned, Xavier had had that lead early in the game. They led by as many as 19 in the first half. That was bolstered by their three-point shooting, which went completely ice cold. Matter of fact, that's me. That's actually me being nice. It was kind of non-existent in the second half. They went 0 for 7 from three-point land in the second half. Did Xavier after shooting the lights out in the first 10 and a half minutes? They shot seven of 11 from three-point land. They finished the ball game shooting 8 of 25 <laughs> from three-point land. And that uh, that final three was in the first half. So 0 for 7 in the second half. And they shot 8 of 25 from deep. So just a rough shooting second half from the Xavier Musketeers. But they were but that three-point shooting run that they had early on, it sparked an 11-0 run. It was led by the shooting of starting guard Paul Scruggs and also by a guard off the bench. Kiki Tandy, Kiki Tandy, 5 of 7 from the field, 2 of 4 from three-point land. He finished with 14 points. Paul Scruggs went 5 of 9 from the field, 3 for 6 from three-point land. He 
finished with 13 points, and that was a huge boost for Xavier, who is not, and I repeat, not one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, let alone the Big East. I mean, they shoot their ninth in the Big East at 30%. They're 300th of 350 teams in the nation shooting from three-point land, but they had it working in the early going. That 8 of 25 finished. They finished with 32% against the DePaul Blue Demons, who came out in the ball game today. Looked like they were determined to really try to stop uh, Xavier's big man, Tyreek Jones, who came off, of, who was coming off of a big game against Seton Hall, 19 points, 18 rebounds. He was the reigning Big East player of the week. But just the way the, the Blue Demons came after him in the first half, they made sure he had a hard time scoring. He only had one point, but he still managed to get 10 rebounds. He shot 0 of 2 from the field in the first half. And it was all, it seemed like almost every time Xavier tried to give Tyreek Jones the ball, he was met by at least two DePaul Blue Demons. I can only really think of one play where he went one-on-one with anybody, and that was because he was trailing a breakaway. And they dropped, they being Xavier, dropped it off to him. And uh, DJ Williams was in the game, and he forced him to miss one short. But Tyreek Jones, still another monster performance. He had 12 points, 18 rebounds, three blocks in 36 minutes played. But poor shooting, 2 of 7 from the field, 8 of 12 from the free throw line. But I'll say this about Tyreek Jones. He is definitely a fun player to watch on the floor. He's a fun player to watch and listen to on the floor. Just some of the things, like, I would hear him say, I know he had a block. And I heard him yell, get that out of here, as he swatted it. And, you know, he said some other things that I don't feel like repeating or paraphrasing here on the podcast. But uh, (laughs) definitely a fun player. All I'm going to say is one of them is uh, they can't mess with me. But not not quite like that if you get where I'm going with this. But, yeah, just an entertaining player to watch. And as as good as DePaul did defensively at keeping him from being a threat, it was that three point shooting from Xavier. They helped them get out to that lead. They got up got up by as many as 19. They took that 19-point lead into the break, leading 35-16. to 16. DePaul, just a poor shooting first half. Shot 6 of 30 from the field for 20% in the first half, and Xavier took every advantage of that in the, uh, in the early going. I got into the uh, post-game press conference, and here's what uh, DePaul head coach Dave Lato had to say about the start his team had. It's not, a, not an easy thing to kind of figure out, and uh, what we got to do day by day, not just game by game, to uh, to get over the hump. Um, you know, we got down early because um, I thought our energy was very low, and, uh, and and when your energy's low, you know, you're playing behind at least one, if not two, passes behind every possession, which, which gave them. You know, the, the open threes that, that uh, stretched the game out in the first half. And I don't think we rebounded. We tried to prepare to rebound. We didn't rebound the ball like, like we needed to. Um, and then uh, uh, we get down by that, that number at halftime. You know, we were, we were a resilient group, but when you keep doing that, it's, it's, it's difficult to, uh, to come back against, especially a really good team. They're just coming off of a big win against Seton Hall, so they're you know, mentally on a, on a high, Xavier was. So, um, you know, we, um, we've got to make sure that, that we understand, you know, what moments we're in. And, and in my estimation, in my history, you, you, a lot of times you win basketball games before they play uh, by how you prepare and how you take care of your business and how you manage, you know, your life 
uh, because you know during those 40 minutes that, that your best is required and, and it's very difficult if not impossible to try to be your best when you haven't been your best up until that point so we've got to understand what that is we've got to respect it and then ultimately we got to do it all right, there you heard uh, DePaul head coach Dave Leto. He was saying that the energy was low, and that really hurt them. And one of the things he mentioned was the rebounding from his team tonight. DePaul did get out-rebounded 50-37, to 37, gave up 15 offensive, got 11 of their own, and they got out-rebounded on the defensive glass 35-26. to 26. And thinking about co what Coach Leto said in regards to the rebounding, that really stuck out to me because I remember at one point in the first half I was taking my notes, and I had my first half notes – when DePaul, excuse me, when Xavier had the run early on, they had the 11-0 run. It was 16-6 with about 14-44 to go in the first half. And in my notes, I got Xavier 9-3 on the rebounds. And Xavier really did crash the glass. And they really made up for the lack of production out of their uh, leading scorer, uh, Najee Marshall. Najee Marshall, he, uh, he's a guy that came into the game third in the conference and scoring at 16 a game. And Marshall tonight, only nine on three or 13 shooting, but it was that shooting from, it was the three-point shooting that they got from Kiki Tandy, Paul Scrubs. They even got a good production, some good production off the bench from uh, Quentin Gooden. He had 12. Paul Scruggs is a star, is, Paul Scruggs is a starter, by the way. I might have mixed, mixed up and said he was a guy off the bench. But it was the tandem off the bench of Tandy and Gooden who came in, and they had a, a combined 26 points for Xavier. Xavier ended up winning the bench battle 27 to 7 at one point. Actually, I think it might have been halftime. Xavier was up 16 to 1 in bench scoring. It just seemed like tonight DePaul really despite the fact that they had the numbers on the floor, it looked like they were sort of just outmanned. And it was really tough for them considering they weren't really getting too much out of their starters in the first half. Like the three the three-headed monster that you would expect to see scoring like Paul Reed had six points, but three of ten from the field. Uh, Romeo Weems, three points, one of four. Jalen Coleman lands, three points, one of five. Charlie Moore, three points, one of six from the field. Those were their first half numbers. And speaking of Charlie Moore, I, I feel like I'm I'm jinxing Charlie Moore. Maybe I should stop going to DePaul games at the uh, at the Wintrust Center because Charlie Moore has some very good shooting games when DePaul is on the road. But whenever I go to the game, like this is my third time going to DePaul Blue, uh, DePaul Blue Demons game to cover for the podcast. Since I've been going to the games, Charlie Moore shooting 10 of 46 from the field for 21%, 3 of 17 from 3. He is averaging 10.6 points, 7.6 assists, and 4.6 rebounds. So he contributes in other ways, but it, it seems like whenever I'm in the building, he just has a rough shooting game. So maybe I should stop going to see Maybe I should stop going to the uh, Wintrust Arena, but even though Charlie, he was struggling, once again, he finds other ways to contribute to the team. I mean, he ca he came out of there with five five rebounds. He had eight assists. And down the stretch, DePaul tried to make it interesting. They did they did battle back. They cut it down to six points late in the ballgame. A lot of that had to do with the full-court pressure that they applied on Xavier late in the game. But in the post-game press conference, some – Someone asked uh, Coach Dave Leto. They thought maybe he's put the applied the pressure a little too late in the ball game. I mean, the game it was probably about inside the final four minutes by the time DePaul finally started putting the full court pressure on. And and you wonder maybe if they put it on a little earlier, are we have do we have a different result? DePaul ended up uh, winning the points off turnover battle, nineteen to eight, 
in this game. So they had 19 points off of 16 Xavier turnovers. They turned it over 10 times. Xavier only had eight points off of that. The shooting did pick up in the second half for DePaul. They shot 45% in the second half. They shot 35% from three, six of 17 from three-point land, 17 of 37 from the field. But as you heard in the first clip from Coach Dave Lato, he was talking about their lack of aggressiveness getting to the free throw line. They shot five of 10 from the foul line. So only 10 free throws. Meanwhile, Xavier went 17 of 24. And as much as DePaul really went at Tyreek Jones on defense, it seemed like Xavier returned the favor the, the favor against uh, DePaul's big man, Paul Reed. Paul Reed did finish with 18 points, 8 of 18 from the field. But it was like every time he touched it, he was met by about two or three different Xavier defenders. He had a hard time getting baskets. Uh, Jalen Butts only finished with four points and five rebounds. He was in foul trouble. He had three fouls. And a few of his fouls, actually I think two of them, Two of them, two of those three were on him picking up offensive fouls, trying to post up. I know one of them was either on uh I want to say it was Zach Fremantle, who they who uh Xavier started. He's like a he's like a three or four that they sort of play at the two role. And then also the other one was on against he was guarded by Tyreek Jones. He was backing him down to Tyreek Jones. I thought he maybe I thought Jones sold it a little bit, but the officials bought it. And they gave him the offensive foul. So Sort of just unforced errors from DePaul. In the first half, we mentioned how they, I mentioned how they shot 6 of 30 from the field. It felt like they left a lot of points on the floor in the ballgame. Like guys getting to the rim, missing layups. I know Charlie Moore had about three or four different layups where I expected him to finish, and he just didn't finish at the rim. He had one where he had a floater in the second half, and he just left it short. It wasn't like it wasn't a bad shot. He just It was like maybe it slipped out of his hand at the last minute. It looked like it was on line. And then next thing you know, it hit the front of the rim. It was short. And, yet DePaul just really left a lot of points on the floor. Jalen Coleman lands, who actually had been struggling the last few games. He came out in the uh, pregame shoot-around, like, you know, right before the teams were about to be introduced. I noticed that he was shooting away from his teammates. I mean, in the last four games, he was averaging 12 points. He was shooting 18 of 48 from the field. He was 9 of 27 from three. So I thought maybe that had that you know I think I thought maybe him shooting away from the team was him trying to get into a bit of a rhythm he did hit his first shot but at the end of the day he shot 5 of 12 5 of 11 from 3 17 points from Jalen Coleman lands and uh, as good as he is shooting the basketball I'd like to see him work on getting to the rim a little bit more there's been there there were a few times where it was like he was so focused on trying to get the outside shot that he would cross a defender over and have a lane to the rim, but then he'd step back and shoot the three. It's like he's so focused on the three ball. So that'll be something that uh, he could work on here with the with the rest of the with in these uh, final final games of the regular season. DePaul now with nine more regular season games to go. They will not be at home again until February the nineteenth when they take on Villanova, which will be another tough test. Remember, they took them to overtime. But for to, for DePaul in tonight's game, they really got after it on the defensive end. It just seemed like it was a little, it was just too little, too late for the Blue Demons. And as I mentioned earlier in the post game press conference, that was brought up. And here is what DePaul head coach Dave Lato had to say about that. If the clip wants to play here, <laughs> do it for for longer. 
You know, you have to worry about fouls, you have to worry about fatigue, you have to worry about a lot of things if you're going to do it or commit to doing it for, for longer stretches and periods of time. And I don't, you know, as I said, I don't, full court pressure, less maybe two or three percent of teams in America is not something that, that you see every day for a lot of reasons. You know, it used to be traditional fives and traditional fours. Now there's stretch fours, there's three, four guys can shoot. So you open up the court. You know, you pay you pay every price um, if you do it start to finish. And then I think what helps late game, you know, not just for us, you see it how Syracuse is great at. A lot of teams are really good at a late game because the, the, the offense is playing against your defense, your pressure in the backcourt, and they're playing against the clock. They're trying to protect the lead so they get tentative. And so now, you know, once once I break a first trap, what am I supposed to do? Do I, do I play the numbers game or four on three? You know, and, and, and if you do that, you know, get a really good high quality shot or do I pull it out? That tentativeness helps your pressure. So, you know, the naked eye would say, hey, wow, I was just, you know, press a lot, but it's, it's, it's really not that simple. And listening to what Coach Leto said there, the thing that stood out to me was tentative because that's certainly what it looked like happened with Xavier down the stretch. It looked like Xavier felt like, okay, we got this lead, but they're going to turn it up on us and, for the first maybe about two minutes that DePaul turned the pressure on, it looked like Xavier didn't know how to handle it. I mean, Paul Reed in his game, he finished with seven steals in the ball game. He had maybe four of them during that final four minutes of the ball game, where DePaul just decided to, you know what, let's turn it up and let's try to get get some turnovers in the backcourt. DePaul did have a few um, baskets. Actually, Reed, I I want to say Reed may have scored on like a stretch of like four straight turnovers where DePaul had turnovers in the backcourt. I know there was a stretch where he and Romeo Weems trapped the ball in the corner and then Reed got an easy dunk. Then there was one where Charlie Moore got the steal off of Weems and Reed trapping a, trapping the original ball handler. The pass went wide and then Moore knocked it down. And <laughs> I remember this because they were coming towards me where I was sitting on the floor. And Charlie Moore <laughs> had this look like he was like, whoa, wow, this is really working. And then he dropped it off to Reed for the layup. And it really looked like the press did help. DePaul get back into it, but it was just too little too late for him in this ball game. And down the stretch, Xavier did their job at the free throw line. Xavier shot 16 of 22 at the free throw line in the second half, and they held off the Blue Demons. And as a result, the Xavier Musketeers ended up with the 67-59 win in a game where there was the Xavier fans definitely traveled well. They definitely... I thought they were the uh, loudest bunch in the building whenever Xavier scored. I feel like it, it was so much more louder for them. It felt almost like a Xavier home game up until that final five-minute stretch where DePaul turned the pressure on, and they tried to battle back. They got it down. They did get it down to six. It was 62-56 with 39 seconds. But it, but once again, not enough as Xavier held on to win it 67-59. As a result, now Xavier – Goes to 15 and 8, 4 and 6 in conference. DePaul now a five game losing streak. They now fall to 13 and 10, 1 and 9 in conference play. And I remember saying this looks like a team that could be poised for a tournament run. They do have a signature win over the Butler Bulldogs, but it's that it's that battle royal, that battle royale, however you like to say it in the Big East, that's just really tearing this DePaul Blue Demons team down. They got nine more games after this. And they'll be at Georgetown, at Creighton. They will take on Xavier again at the end of the month on February the 25th. 
and then they, the season will end for DePaul on Saturday, March the seventh, when they take on Providence. But they got it. They've got those. They've got those. Um, those eight regular season games. I, I might have said nine earlier. I apologize. They, those eight regular season games left, and then after that, the Big East tournament. And it, it doesn't get easier. They got Georgetown on Saturday, Creighton the following Saturday after that because they're going to have a full week off. And uh, I won't be covering either of those games because I have Windy City, Windy City Bulls on Saturday, and then the following Saturday is All Star Weekend, and I'll be covering that in some capacity. And then their next home game will be on February February the nineteenth against the team that's currently number ten in the country, Villanova, who they took to overtime in the month of January. So we'll see. That may be the next time I'll cover the DePaul Blue Demons here on the Windy City Hoops podcast. Xavier up next. They have Providence. And then on February the 12th, they're at Butler. The 17th, they're at St. John's. And then they themselves will take on Villanova on February the 22nd before they take on DePaul again on February the 25th. So that'll wrap it up for this post-game report here on the Windy City Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rouse. Remember, you can catch the Windy City Hoops podcast on social media. You can catch me on Twitter at KingRouse21. You can catch the Windy City Hoops podcast where, on multiple platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other platforms where podcasts are heard. As far as content coming up, we got plenty coming up for you guys here on the Windy City Hoops podcast. Uh, tomorrow being Wednesday, we'll have the full episode, episode 18 where I'm going to talk about the trade that literally just went down before I started recording for the Windy City Hoops podcast, for this post-game report for the Windy City Hoops podcast. Also going to talk about some of the hot topics in the NBA, going to talk about the Chicago Bulls, how injuries have put them into a pretty tough position going into the trade deadline. Going to talk Windy City Bulls as they've got a couple of, actually a trio of home games coming up. they got two this weekend and then one next Monday, and then they also have a game tomorrow night after having not played since last Friday against the Canton Charge. And then Thursday, I'll have a trade deadline special where I'll recap where I'll recap all of the trades that occurred prior to the deadline. Actually, I'm probably going to recap every trade that's happened in the league this year because last I checked, it was what, five or, now five or six, maybe six or seven now with the trade today that just occurred between uh, three teams in the NBA. And just be on the lookout for that on Thursday. That also will be a all-star draft report as well. So I'll talk about the the all-star rosters and go over the trade deadline. So remember, be on the lookout. Plenty of Windy City Hoops podcast content coming up here in the week. But that will do it. But that will do it for this DePaul Xavier post-game report. Once again, I'm your host, Chris Rouse. And for the Windy City Hoops podcast and coming to you from the 10616 Production Studio in Chicago, you guys all have a good evening. Be on the lookout for episode 18 of the Windy City Hoops podcast coming soon.